What is a medium? What is a spirit realm? And how do the two communicate? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. Okay, so full transparency. I have been obsessed with ghosts since I was young. I had a few experiences, and those memories stuck with me as I became an adult, and that manifested itself in me now doing a show for Fox Nation about the most haunted hotels in America. Basically, what I do is I go to these haunted hotels, I spend two nights in the most haunted room, and then I talk about my experiences, the history, and I talk to experts like psychics, mediums, paranormal experts, folks like that. Now, I met this woman named Carol Cottrell. She is a psychic medium out of South Carolina, and she really stood out to me. We interviewed her in our very first episode. The reason she stood out to me is because she is just so authentic and genuine. And if you have watched any other medium shows, you might think, oh, they're a little gimmicky or are they really telling the truth? But Carol was just such a good human being, and I was really fascinated in knowing more. I had so many questions left after I met Carol the first First time, So I thought I'd have her back on the podcast to know more about how you become a medium, are you always a medium, and how to communicate with spirits on the other side. She's going to answer all of those questions and more, and she joins me now. Carol, it's so great to see you again. Oh, I'm so excited that you invited me to come and do this. I really enjoyed the last time we got to meet, so thank you. Me too. You know, it's so funny because your episode that we filmed for our Fox Nation show about haunted hotels, um, your episode that we recorded was the very first one. So you were the first medium I met out of anyone, and as soon as we shook hands, I was like... Carol is just so authentic. She's a medium that isn't super out there. I mean, you know, the traditional people see like Long Island medium and I'm not talking trash about anyone um, because I think what she does is unique to her. But what I loved about you is you're so genuine and you could tell. I think I I think I asked you if you knew the history of the location we were at and you were like, no, 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 but don't tell me because it's going to mess me up. Like you you wanted to just be there and and wanted to be present to see what came to you. So I was like, you got to come on the podcast. So um, I'll stop talking. And because I want to ask you just before we get started um, or to start off, I should say, what exactly is a medium and what do they do? So a medium is somebody who connects to those in the spirit world. Um, bringing forth evidence and messages to people with the purpose of helping people to heal and move through their grief. Um, It's different from a psychic. Um, So a psychic is somebody who's reading somebody else's energy or the energy of a place and giving information based on what they get from that energy. The medium, though, is, is connected to somebody in the spirit world who's giving the information. All mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. All mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. Okay, so you can do both. Yes. Because you are a medium. And how? what was the first thing that happened to you where you thought, wow, I actually have this gift that I need to tap into? Oh, gosh. Well, if I look back on life, I can realize that it was when I was young. Uh, But, of course, when I was young and having experiences, I didn't recognize that this was something I could, you know, would be doing something with later on in life. I was actually in marketing for many, many years until I was 40 years old. I worked in marketing and um, I had also been dealing with depression for many years, over 20 years, had severe depression. 
And I left my marketing career. And in that year that followed, I shouldn't say I left my marketing career. I left the corporate world of marketing to Mm. be a marketing consultant. Um, In the year that followed me leaving the corporate world, a lot of weird things were happening, you know, and I say weird, but now I look back, I'm like, it wasn't that weird. I I was being pushed in a direction um, of where I was supposed to be going in my life. And I pushed back a lot. I was raised as Catholic and, you know, we had certain beliefs about what this is and what it's not and everything. And so I was confused about things. Um, but things just kept happening, <laughs> pushing me more and more to it. And I finally gave in to this belief of, yeah, I was raised to believe there's something greater than all of us. Right. So why don't I hold on to that faith and believe that whatever that is, whether I want to call it God universe or whatever that is, is pushing me in a direction of what I came here to do for this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And once I was finally able to accept that, then I can say, oh, okay, like now I recognize all these things were happening before in my life. I was just trying to push them away. What kind of things? Is there anyone in particular that stands out? Well, definitely going back to when I was little, my sister and I shared a bedroom when we were very young and um, I would see what I can now say are spirits around me at night. Sometimes they were in the shape of an orb. Sometimes it was like a line of electricity, like an electric kind of thing of energy, almost like looking at a lightning strike or something. Sometimes I would see them as physical beings, the whole, the whole person, their physical attributes and everything. And sometimes I would just see the outline of them, which would be more like a shadow. But I just thought everybody saw it. And so at night, I would sometimes reach out and try to grab them. And my sister would say, what are you doing? And I'm trying to get them. She's like, who? Who are you trying to get? And I'm like, don't you see them? And she'd say, there's nobody there. Lay back down, go back to sleep. No. So So it didn't scare you? It didn't. It's never scared me. Um, And I don't know why, but, you know, it never did. And I remember going to my mom. I think it was probably in about fifth grade, and I went to my mom once, and I started telling her the stuff that her father had shared with me, but her father passed when she was a teenager. So I never met him. Um, and so I just started telling her stuff and she said, well, how do you know this? And I said, well, your dad told me. And she said, Carol, my father died before you were born. Like how, how is he telling you this? I'm like, I don't know. He just told me. And she was like, but you were right. Like everything you were saying was right. So you know, and, and it would kind of become a joke. Like we always lived in very old homes. My mom loved to get really old homes and renovate them, you know, and my family would kind of joke of wherever we go, Carol, you know, the, the ghosts were, we're going to follow Carol. She was picking up (laughs) stuff wherever we went. Now I say ghosts, that's a term I don't use anymore. When I was young and obsessed with reading about ghosts, you know, that was the term that was used in a lot of books that I was reading and everything. Um, but I don't refer to them as ghosts anymore. They're spirits. Um, and I don't believe there's anything evil in the spirit world. Like every experience that I have had since a very small child it's been nothing but love, nothing but peace that's coming through, um, nothing that would ever scare me. And I just, I, I just don't believe that there's anything evil in the spirit world because of the fact that I've never experienced it. Okay. So, so I, ha- I have two follow-ups. One, why do you call them spirits and not ghosts? And then my second one, which we can get into, is I remember in South Carolina, I was scared and you were like, there's no reason to be scared. I mean, there's they're good spirits. I mean, all spirits are good. So how would you explain then the ones that 
you know, scratch and, you know, let's save that question first because uh, I've got a lot to talk about with an experience that I had after I met you. So first question, why are they ghosts and or why are they spirits and not ghosts? So I think I don't want to use the word ghost because a lot of people connect that with a haunting or something scary that's going on, right? And I've had a lot of people that have contacted me and said, oh, my house is haunted or my space is haunted. Can you come and, you know, tell me who it is and get rid of them or, you know, just get rid of them. And um, one thing that I've found, and um, there's, there's a difference between the old energy of a situation or of a person in a place and an actual spirit that's communicating with us. Mm. So if you think of like going into a room where two people were just arguing with each other, they're not arguing anymore. But if you walk in the room, you can feel that energy of, oh, it doesn't feel good in here, right? And the same thing happens in places, whether it's homes or buildings or offices or whatever it is. If there were people that lived there that were, you know, there was a lot of heaviness going on, maybe drug use or physical or sexual abuse or, you know, any kind of thing that feels really heavy to us, the energy of that still stays in that place. It's like that place has a memory of what happened there. And so that would be psychically connecting in. And when I go into the space, I can psychically, psychically connect into what happened there. That doesn't necessarily mean that there is an intelligent spirit there that can communicate with me from the spirit side. And I think that's where a lot of confusion comes with people is that they, you know, and, and the psychic energy, like, first of all, we are all very powerful with our minds, right? Like, I think some of us, when we were younger, probably were like, oh, I think I can move that with my mind. No, no, I can't. <laughs> but a lot of us can if we really have the right, like, if the intensity builds up and everything. And I'd love to hear what scientists say about this. I'm not a scientist, so I don't know. But, <laughs> but um but I think that we have the ability too, when we get really scared to, you know, make something happen around us. Oh, interesting. Well, uh, how do you, since you're a medium and a psychic, how do you differentiate that it's a maybe negative psychic energy and not a, an, what, did, what did you say, an intellectual spirit? Spirit that's communicating. Yeah. yeah. It's not actually a spirit. It's just like old energy that's still kind of stuck in the room or hasn't left the space. How do you tell the difference though? So for me, it's because I've been working on developing my skills for years and years and years to get to the point of learning what what is the difference between a spirit that's speaking to me and me just feeling into the memory of the place, right? Mm. And I know the difference now because I've been doing this for so long that, and I use what we call our clairs, like every medium has different clairs that we use and we want to use all of them. You've probably heard clairvoyance. It just means clear seeing, but we have different ways that we communicate with the spirit world too. So clairsentience is clear feeling. Um, So I can feel that person in spirit and often see that person in spirit and use my other senses too to know there's actually somebody here communicating with me back and forth. And I think that happened too. Um, I don't recall all the details um, of what happened when we met before, but I remember knowing, okay, this is an old memory of what happened here. And this is a person who's actually communicating back and forth with me. Yeah. Well, yeah. what's crazy is that, well, not, I use the word crazy because it's mind blowing, I guess. I don't right, think right. anyone is crazy. Right. Um, it blows my mind that we were walking and you had never been to the space before you, you, I started to try to tell you the story. You cut me off. You said, no, 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 I don't want to hear. 
And there was a spirit that had been rumored that um, he was like a younger kid and was the son of one of the people who lived in the house and had come home from college and had fallen out the window. But it's kind of um, when you look back at history, they don't know if he did it on purpose, if he was, you know, feeling really low and he jumped out of the window Mm -hmm. or if he was drunk and fell out the window. Um, And you didn't know any of that. You didn't even know about the fact that one of those spirits and it's not online. I I checked and Mm -hmm. we were walking and you kind of stopped and you were like, wow, I feel something here. And like it was weird when you said that I I felt something really heavy, too, and I felt really lightheaded. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) it's weird that you say that because I feel the same thing. And I looked up and it was directly where you had stopped was directly under the window where that gentleman had fallen out of. So you and you you kind of you said to me that I'm picturing kind of like a stumbling, like someone was drinking maybe or a little unstable. I'm like, oh, that's really, you know, that's what happened here, I think. So yeah. it's you yeah. were reading that energy and, and that's why it was really interesting to me because I always thought, which I guess brings me to my second follow up question from what you were saying, the negative or the bad spirits. Right. Um, we went to the Crescent Hotel in Arkansas and I was washing my hands in the sink and I felt something almost bite me on my back. And I was like, what was that? And I turned as I'm still washing my hands. So I know I didn't scratch myself, but I had scratch marks down my back. And I was talking to a paranormal expert and he was like, yeah, well, that usually means that it's a negative spirit or, you know, a a bad spirit. So I'm curious on your thoughts about that. Oh, that's a good question. That's a really great question. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I I can't answer that, you know, because like I've said, I can only answer on my own experiences. And and I know that I have communicated with those in spirit who, when they were here in the physical life, were murders. I've communicated with somebody who was a rapist and in the physical life. But what they have shown me since then is like, so the, the beginning of what we are before we come into this life is love, right? That's, that's what I like to think is like, we all come from a place of love. It's only when we come into the physical world that the fear that are all around us everywhere, you know, like the first time you try to take a step and the parent goes, <gasps> Like they're going to fall. <laughs> yeah. They immediately instilled fear of like, oh God, you know, kind of thing. So it's like, it's starting when we're very, very young and it keeps growing. And so the fears are what makes that makes us do things that we might not categorize as very kind or nice. But when we die, we go back to what we originally were, which is love. And so there's no reason when we're back in that spirit world and in a place of love to be cruel to anybody, to do anything that's harmful to anybody. So for me, I'm just like, well, I don't feel like that would be somebody in the spirit world doing that. Now, Mm. I don't know what was around you in the situation. And I'm not going to say to you, I think you're lying. I don't think it really happened. (laughs) You know, like I'm certainly I wasn't there. I can't say. But it feels more like it might have been something more... um, in the energy of the room versus somebody in the spirit world. And I don't know how to explain that really. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, cause I can only go by my own experiences. Um, but I have never encountered anything that seems negative or hurtful from the spirit side. And I've been into a lot of places where people believed it was. And yeah. most of the time, 
Let, let me just ask you this. Yeah. Because the thought just came to me because I was just about to say most of the time when people tell me their place is haunted, it's either the psychic stuff or their loved one is around them trying to get their attention. And I will tell you, our loved ones aren't going to hurt us, right? But if we, they're like a child. They'll do things very subtly around us. And if we don't pay attention, if we don't notice, then they're going to get a little louder, you know? So like a child who's like, mom, mom, mom. And if mom's not listening, then they're like, mom, listen to me, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Our loved ones in spirit will do the same thing. If we're being subtle, they're being subtle. We're not reacting. They might slam a door, turn on a light, put their hand on you so you can feel them there, Mm -hmm. not in an aggressive way. So if you felt like this was truly aggressive and, and I always say to people too, like, Think about, you know, take a moment after a situation like that happens and sit in it and be like, did my mind automatically want to go, not want to go fear-based, but did it automatically go fear-based because that's how we're trained in our lives? Everything around us is fear, right? Everything we hear all day long is be afraid of this, be afraid of that, be afraid of this. And so our mind can make things seem scary that aren't really that scary. Yeah, I mean... So, of course, I that's it's interesting. Two things that kind of came to mind when you explained that. One, I asked someone later, I said, Hey, what's the spirit? Or is there a spirit? We always stay in the most haunted rooms. So I was like, Which spirit is the one that's in this one? Because I've, I definitely, that was alone. No one else was in there. There wasn't really anything else around. Is in the bathroom and my hands were under the water. So I know I didn't react and scratch myself. Right. And, um, they said that it was a, a younger gentleman who was, I believe, on the floor above me when he was alive, and he was trying to get the attention of a girl walking d- below, and he was kind of doing this little dance and fell off of his balcony onto mine and passed away. So I'm wondering when you said maybe there's someone trying to get your attention, he was trying to get the attention of a young woman when he had died, so maybe he was trying to get my attention. Yeah. And, and without being there, I can't tell you whether it was an, uh, somebody truly in the spirit world who was trying to reenact whatever they did at that time, or if there's something about that psychic residual energy that's still there, the action over and over. Because when it is psychic residual energy, we will hear like patterns. There'll be patterns of the energy. So like some people will say, I always hear footsteps at the same time on the same at the same place of my home right like walking up and down the same hallway and it's always at this time at night or something like that that's psychic residual that's really? the old energy that is not somebody literally walking up and down those hallways so it can that the energy of it is like can have a pattern to it too so without me having been there with you to experience it to say oh yeah that was like you know just the psychic residual yeah. of it versus, oh yeah, that's this guy and he wants your attention. You're a beautiful woman. He wants you to pay attention to him. You know? <laughs> I don't think he would. I did not look beautiful. I, appre- I appreciate that. I am not a beautiful woman, but especially at that time, I was like, I don't know who would want to get my attention right now besides to tell me to go take a shower because I <laughs> <laughs> I was just came from the airport. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's fascinating to me because, you know, I didn't even think about the fact that the psychic residual energy could be manifested in a physical or what we perceive as a physical form, like footsteps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just thought maybe it was a feeling. So that's, I'm glad that you explained that. All right. We've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. I do want to ask you one other thing. Well, a a, a few other things, but I think 
I learned from you when we were chatting that mediums have, I mean, hopefully they have this sense that they, they have to act by a moral code as well. I mean, you, you want to make sure that you're respectful of everyone and maybe not everyone wants to be told, hey, there's someone trying to communicate with you. So what you do is you said that when you walk into a space, you're very intentional with turning it on. Right. Uh, and yeah. then when you're out in public, you shut it off. Yeah. Can you explain that and, and expand on that a little bit for people who might not know what I'm talking about? Yeah, sure. So, and I do get that question a lot. So it's a great question. People think I'm just walking around constantly, like connecting in with those in spirit or reading. <laughs> That'd be exhausting. People. Yeah, it would be exhausting, and it's none of my business. So, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, like it's when we understand that we have an ability, we have to also take on the responsibility of like, I need to know how to turn this on and turn it off. And, you know, I, I heard one teacher say that, you know, it's like, if you don't know how to turn your car on and off, or you're going to get in and drive it or your tractor on and off, or you're going to get on and drive it like, no, that's the, the, the fundamentals are turning it on and turning it off. And you don't want to be on all the time because really we don't have any business reading other people who haven't given us permission to do it, mm. you know? And I often like, you know, I think one time I wrote an article about how it would be like being a hairdresser. I leave work with my scissors in my hand and go in the grocery store and just start cutting people's hair without <laughs> their permission. They're going to be really mad at me, you know? <laughs> and the same thing is true if I'm going to walk up to somebody in the grocery store without their permission and just start saying things to them about either what I'm picking up from their energy or from their loved one's energy. And let's face it, not everybody likes this stuff, right? Not everybody's comfortable with it. And I never want to make anybody uncomfortable. How do you turn it on and off? Uh, it's, it's just a matter of on, off, like that. Just like think about it. And so, you know, like when I'm ready to work, I do, you know, like say a little bit of like, you know, I'm ready to do this. And I offer myself, you know, with the intention of for the highest good, you know, I have my own little prayer mantra that I say to myself when I'm ready to start working, but it's very quick. And I, you know, I, I wouldn't have to, I can literally go like that and be like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm ready to work. But I just am not picking up stuff when I'm not, you know, in a workspace and I don't have the permission from somebody else to do it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that you say that because I had a friend recently who was at a bar in New York and she knew I was doing this show and she goes, it was the weirdest thing. I was sitting and I was eating my dinner at the bar and I was with a friend and the bartender just started spewing all this stuff about how, you know, someone's communicating with me. And then there was a candle there and then the candle started to get it really bright. And then she, and she goes, it really freaked her out. And I immediately go, go in my head, like Carol, I said, you shouldn't be doing that because unless someone asks for it and, and yeah. I could see why, cause she was really freaked out. I was like, tell me everything. And she wouldn't even, she was like physically shaking. She goes, I don't know. He told me something really crazy and like really scary. And I just don't want to repeat it. And I was right. like, wow, <laughs> well, I'm glad yeah. I wasn't at that dinner. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that I find too is if somebody is giving information that is based in fear it usually indicates to me that it's a good idea for them to do, be doing their own healing work. Um, mm -hmm. Because when we're working on ourselves, uh, we're, we're doing our own healing. We're not reflecting our fears onto other people. You know, people are coming to me because they're in grief. And, uh, you know, I actually have a lot of therapists that refer their clients to me because, you know, I've had one therapist that said, I can spend years with this person. But in a 30 or 50 minute session with you is really what they needed the whole time.
Really? Or at least to help them significantly in the process. So my purpose for doing the work is not so much for, oh, let me entertain you with these tricks, right? Because it's not tricks. It's it's things that we're doing to, to bring healing forward. And so... Um, you know, if I not haven't done my own healing work about the things that are, you know, have hurt me in life or that I need to give forgiveness for or whatever it may be, and that healing will, work will never end for me. But if I'm not conscious of my own stuff, then I'm going to reflect that back on other people. Mm. And that's not good for other people, right? right. So I, you know, I, I had a friend very early on when I first started, like, recognizing that this might be a path I should start to follow. And she came to me with her own psychic prediction about me. And it was very scary. She said, you're going to be in a horrible car accident. And she couldn't tell me any, any specifics, not how, not where, nothing. And then she said, no, by the way, your dad's going to die in two weeks. Um, and oh my gosh, so, I hope that didn't happen. No, it didn't. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Um, neither one of them happened, you know, and this was back in 2010. So, um, but, you know, and maybe, you know, my father did end up passing in 2019, but not at all, you know, under the circumstances that she was saying. And, you know, it just left me with this really big understanding of, I never want to leave people in a place of fear or not being empowered to make decisions or do things for themselves in their life. And I knew for a year after that, every time I got in the car, I was afraid. And I'm like, that's not how I want people to feel after they leave me. Um, and I think that a big part of our healing work is helping people to understand that we all have a power within ourselves, and, you know, our, our lives are not in somebody else's hands. And, um, and, and that has a lot to do with the psychic work, but definitely with the mediumistic stuff of just knowing our loved ones are still with us. They're still present. They know what's going on in our daily lives. You know, I did a beautiful reading yesterday where the friend that came through talked about what happened yesterday to the client, you know, the day before to the client. So they saw what happened yesterday and they saw something that happened after they passed that they were able to share. And that gives such a peaceful feeling to people of they're not gone. They haven't left me, you know. So that's what I want people to know. It's beautiful yeah. that you can help people in that way and that therapists are even saying, hey, you should go see Carol because she can really help you manage that. I mean, it, it shows that this is such and why I wanted to talk about just mediums in general is because um, there are so many facets to what you all do that I think people don't even really think about. Yeah. Um, I, I would, I, I'll share a story from when you and I met because... You had also said, you know, I, I had asked you, we had sat down on a table and I had asked you to read the room and, you know, see if you felt anything. And then as we walked around, if anything stood out to you and you told me ahead of time, you said, well, I can't guarantee that someone, it could be a crew member behind the camera and maybe their loved one is trying to speak to them. I can't guarantee that won't happen. I just, you know, I get the messages as they come. And you had said something about um, the name Mary. And then I, you said, is that? resonate with anyone and no one said anything. And then you're like, I'm seeing a rosary and Mary. And then you said, when I said rosary, they pointed to you. And then you looked at me and it was so, um, it, it, it blew my mind because I, I was like, wow, at every location that we go to on this show, I bring my rosary and I bring a bottle of holy water and the bottle is shaped like the Virgin Mary. So it, it was almost like whoever was speaking through you to me was just letting me know that they were there. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, this is how I know Carol's legit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, are there any other things uh, that you had experienced? I think you shared a story with me about 
uh, if you're okay sharing it now, when you were in someone's, I want to say it was a bar or restaurant and you were on the staircase. Oh, yeah. So that goes way back. That was actually before I actually started working as a medium. I was really involved in the Savannah community at the time. This was a long time ago. Um, and they, the, one of the people who was on the Waterfront Association knew that I was very curious about psychic and mediumship stuff, even though, you know, I wasn't working at that time as one. And so he said, you know, we're going to have this paranormal group come. And we were wondering if you wanted to spend the evening with them going into the different buildings just to see, you know, and I was like, yeah, sure. Um, so I did. And there was a restaurant that we were in and we were going up the back stairway of it. And I stopped on one of the stairs and immediately felt in my chest a heart attack. And I said, oh, my gosh, I, I really feel like somebody passed right here. And the restaurant owner happened to be there. I believe she was the owner. And it was her husband who had passed on that stair. Um, and so she was able to confirm that. And I think that was really cool of what, you know, spending that night with the people with their, all their scientific equipment. But I could tell them stuff that the scientific equipment didn't pick up on like who is this person that's communicating with us and what do they have to say you know and and why are they here and you know or is there really somebody here or are we picking up on the old energy you know I think at that point I didn't understand that to the level I do now but I was able to tell like memories of the building and stuff um right so it was really cool to have the two you know the science of it and you know like what I do, which people are like, well, how can you prove? I can't, I can't prove right. it. Like it's awesome. It's, tell you. Yeah. it's like having a, in sports, like you have the color commentator and then you have the person who's calling the, you know, what's happening and yeah. you're giving color to what's might be happening, but you're, you're kind of doing both. Cause you're saying, Hey, this is happening, but this is who this person was, yeah. which is very fascinating. And, um, I, so I don't know if I shared with you the night after, I can't remember I think we had met the, I had already spent one night in this hotel, but I wanted to ask this question because you said that you had felt it in your chest and her husband had died of a heart attack. The question, and then I'll share my story, is can that manifest, like can a, a spirit communicate through you giving you the symptoms that maybe they died from or something like that? Because that night that I spent in this Charleston hotel, I, in the middle of the night at like three, two or 3 AM, I started getting just a really bad cough, like this coughing fit that woke me up. I could not stop coughing. I was not sick prior. And then once the coughing stopped, it never happened again. And then I, I woke up and it felt like someone was suffocating me. Like I was trying to reach for my phone to call someone because it mm -hmm. felt like someone was actually, I couldn't move almost like the sleep paralysis, but I've never gotten that before. And I haven't had it since. So it I didn't know if maybe they were trying to communicate with me by showing them how showing me how they died. Absolutely. So that's how I get a lot of my information. I feel it in my body. Like I can tell you like, oh, they had a problem with their right leg because I'll suddenly feel discomfort in my right leg or I'll feel it in my chest. I can usually say this person died of a heart attack or this person died with like uh, pneumonia because I can feel it in the lungs or I might start literally coughing. Um, and know that they had a bad cough or had to keep clearing their throat. So I physically feel it in my body. And I always like to tell everybody that doesn't mean your loved one is still feeling this. They're not. They don't feel any discomfort at 
all in the spirit world, but they'll give me that information so that I can give you some evidence so you know that's just who I'm talking about, right? Because if, if I didn't have any evidence to share and I just said, oh, you know, this is your dad coming through and, um, you know, he just wants to say da, 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 da. But I haven't shared anything about you so that you could say, yeah, that's definitely my dad. Right. Right. And it's not about proving it. It's just that a lot of times if we're going to hear a message from somebody in the spirit world, we want to know who it's coming from. So if I can tell you the things that they might've felt in their body or the things they might've experienced before, that's going to help you to know, yes, this is my loved one. And it helps them to say, it's me, it's me, you know. <laughs> right. They're so, tapping and, you. And exactly what happened to you will happen to me, you know, sometimes like you felt it. It wasn't that somebody was trying to put all this pressure on your chest and suffocate you. It may be that that's how they felt before they passed. That was the feelings that they were experiencing before they passed. That would be, it's, it's scary that, I mean, now that you've, I know you don't get scared, but to feel people's ailments, I mean, that's got to take a little bit of a toll on you. I guess now that you know why it's happening, it's not as scary, but maybe when it first started happening. Yeah. All right. We've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. You you brought up people that want to know, you want to, it's not about proving it. It's about sharing this information so they know that someone is talking to them through yeah. you. How have you dealt with the skeptics over the years? I mean, I am someone who obviously I believe in what you do and mm-hmm. I bet you everyone in this room also knows, believes what you do. But for the people who don't, what do you tell them? So I can't prove anything to anybody. And I had to learn very early on in this work that I'm not here to prove anything to anybody. That's not why I was given this purpose to prove. Um, but I just ask people to keep your hearts and mind open. I have a lot of people that come to me that are skeptical. Now, if you're a cynic and there's nothing ever that's going to change your mind, you know, I don't know what to tell you other than, you know, you might want to sit with it a little bit and see if you can be a little bit more open-minded. Therapists send people to you and you send them back to the therapist. (laughs) Help them be a little bit more open-minded about things in life. But, um, But yeah, but I definitely have people who come to me who aren't sure what they believe. And I, you know, I just have to live by the mantra. First of all, if I was trying to prove it to people, that would be my ego that wants to prove it. That would be making it all about me. And one of the big things that I had to learn about this work is it's not about me. Um, I have to differentiate me from, you know, like my ego from my soul, basically. Let my soul be the connection. It's a soul-to-soul connection with the people in the spirit world. You know, let that be where the uh, connection happens versus my ego wanting to come in and take over and wanting to, you know, get pride out of it or whatever it is. So like, I very much have had to say, if somebody doesn't believe that's not, it's not for me to prove, you know, I come, I'll do a reading for you. If it resonates with you, beautiful. Um, but it can't prove it. And, and, you know, I do think that a lot of people who have come in here thinking there's no way she's going to make me believe anything. As long as I can keep myself out of the way and just let their loved one speak, then that changes a lot for they me. end up yeah i'm sure yeah uh what about you talk can you talk to me about seances is that something that you do what exactly does that entail no i i don't do seances um 
it's called physical mediumship, basically. And it was very, very big back in the late 1800s in the United States. And then it became big in England um, and uh, physical mediumship. So it'd be like, you know, like hearing a rapping on the wall or asking the spirit to respond so that, um, you know, everybody in the group can experience that. Um, and, and I don't do it. I think it got less and less popular because people were being found to be frauds because they had all this pressure of, oh, I got to make it happen. So I'm going to behave fraudulently mm. to get those experiences. But that doesn't mean everybody who does physical mediumship is a fraud. It just means like people backed away from it because everybody was being accused of being a fraud. <laughs> and I, and, and I know some amazing physical mediumships and I have to tell you, I have a skeptical side to me too. And that's why it took me so long to actually step into this role. And I remember going to something, um, not that long ago, it was probably, uh, maybe 2015 or something like that, where there was going to be physical mediumship being done. And I kind of, you know, making a little joke to myself about like, Oh, you know, is this going to be like watching, uh, it's, it, they do a thing called table tipping where they use a table and the table can like spin or do things. Whoa. And, and I was just like, yeah, this is going to be like Beauty and the Beast where the people get up and dance, you know. And I was being that skeptical mind and a little bit judgmental of it. Yeah. And I was amazed by what happened. It made me a true believer. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was looking for the wires that might be connected. You know, like, my skeptical mind was at work, too. So um, and that's good. Yeah. And and I think that's that's important that we should be because – I'm not saying that everybody who's doing this work is doing it from a legitimate place. I'm just saying like with the people who are like, it's hard for us because of the people who aren't right. For sure. For and sure. so these women who demonstrated this table thing to me, I thought, Oh my God, this is, this is legit that they're legitimately doing it. It's fantastic. It's very cool. It's really sad that all those years back when things, when people had been doing some stuff fraudulently have now taken people away from believing in it. Right. Um, and I don't know how it works because I don't do physical mediumship. I don't make, you know, when I, when I communicate, you know, like they're giving me information, I'm passing it on, but I'm not asking them to move things or knock on things or whatever it may be. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because it's funny going into this show. I, I'm the same way. I mean, I've, I've believed in ghosts since I was young because I had a few experiences and I didn't want to be another one of those shows that goes in and all of a sudden all these crazy things happen because it's not believable. You, you go into those watching them saying, hey, they, they probably made that happen or they edited it a certain way or whatever. And so we had a serious talk before the show and I said, hey, we're not going to make anything happen. If it doesn't happen, we'll talk about how nothing happened. I mean, it's, right. yeah, I mean, I don't want to fake anything. And I also, even though I believe in spirits, I, I go into things very skeptical as well. You know, I'm and and look, I mean, I, I definitely got scared many times in this, even though it's not meant to be scary. I got scared because I'm a human being and there are things that happen that I couldn't explain. And so it freaked me out. But um, I, I'm glad that you bring that up because it, I think it's good to have a healthy do dose of skepticism when you go into these things, because right. otherwise people are going to think that you're faking it. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I, I totally get that. But what I um, 
you know, I love that you guys were open to like hearing a different side that's not the scary side, because one of the big things about my work, yes, I know that a big part of my work is connecting people to their loved ones and that they, you know, get a lot of healing from that. But I also know that a big part of my work is letting people know what mediumship is and what it's not. And I think there's been so many myths or, you know, making it so mystical and scary and all that that's absolutely not true or really connected to what mediumship is. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I really feel like I'm, you know, in a way supposed to be a spokesperson for, for mediumship or for the spirit side of like, please let people know, like, this is not something scary. It's not something evil. It's not something's made up. Um, it is something that is done from a place of healing and, uh, and it's real. I tried to prove to myself that it couldn't be real when it, when things kept happening to me. And I kept figuring, how can I explain this? I don't have a way to explain it. I can't do it if I can't explain it. And like everything, you know, there's a lot of places in our life that we just have to turn back to the faith that we were raised with mm -hmm. and say, all right, I can't explain it, but it's happening. So I'm just going to follow the path where I'm being guided. Right. Yeah. I mean, we we definitely covered both sides of it. Um, we, we had our scary moments, but I'm glad we had voices like you, too. That's that kind of brought it back into perspective of the, you know, these spirits aren't always they're not trying to haunt you or harm you. They're trying to maybe communicate with you sometimes. But, you know, we interpret that. That's why I thought it was interesting that you said maybe it's our own fear, how we were, you know, conditioned as humans to be fearful of certain things, um, yeah. because I definitely got scared. But I also, you you know, I did tap into my faith a lot in the show. I, I prayed to Jesus a lot. I was like, please protect my soul, protect my spirit. Um, and I, I, two more questions for you because I did pray so much and I, I, cause you know, everyone has their different opinion on these types of things. I mean, even other mediums have different opinions. Like the, you know, some disagree and they they think that there are evil spirits. You know, again, everyone has their own perspective based off of their experiences. But do you think that the spirits can attach to your being? You know, we, we watch movies like The Conjuring and they have the antiques in their house. And then all of a sudden they brought the spirit with them to the next place. I mean, does that happen? Not the spirit. You can take that residual energy ah. you know, with you. You know, if there was, you know, say the couch behind me, you know, has the residual energy of me, you know, with it. And then I move that couch to somewhere else when people, you know, sit it, they might be like, oh, this, this is the feeling of, and they might be able to say, yeah, that's the feeling that Carol brings forward or whatever, mm. you know? So, um, the item can still hold on to the energy of things, but, uh, it's not a spirit attaching itself. And I will tell you, I don't want to go into this whole long story of it, but there was an incident that happened for me pretty early on in my um, development that really scared me a lot. And so I sat and prayed with it and asked for you know some guidance on what it was. And what I came to understand was it had nothing to do with the spirit world. It was all about my interferes and mm. that my interferes were creating this um, thing that made me scared. Right. You know, and when you think about, I mean, like I said before, we're so full of fear and everything that we do. And it's very normal for us if we can't see it and identify it. Like if something happened to me in the dark, I'm going to be scared because I can't see it and I can't identify yeah. it. Right. That's a very normal thing. But that's how a lot of people are reacting to the spirit world. I can't see it. So I've got to be scared of it when really they're like, 
I'm not trying to hurt you, you know? And, and just like I said, like I had to come to the realization that a lot of things that I were afraid of was my internal fear stuff that was coming up and had to, you know, like I had to process and let go of, Mm -hmm. and that can be pretty powerful when we, you know, I hate to use the word demons, but it's an inner demon. It's inside me physically that I am letting go. It has nothing to do with the spirit world. No demons that are in the I'm going to definitely keep that in mind for season two because yeah. it does help when you're laying there in bed and you're like, did that thing just move over there? And you're like, I didn't make that move. I know that moved on its own. So I, it's a good thing to remind yourself of yes, to kind of yeah. bring you back down. Yeah. Uh, last question, Carol, that I have for you because you had mentioned something about, you know, the myths of mediumship and things like that. What is something that people get wrong about mediums that if you had the opportunity to correct them, that you would correct them on? Um, well, one, that I walk around seeing dead people all day long. <laughs> <laughs> is that like the sixth sense? <laughs> no, no, it's not. I'm just like, um, no, I, you know, like turn it on, turn it off. You know, it's, right. not, it's not something that I do all day long. Um, I would think that's one thing. But the other thing is, is like a lot of people think that as soon as I meet them, I know everything about them. I know everybody about their, their loved one in spirit. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not reading people. So I don't, I don't know that it's, you know, and if I say to somebody safe travels, it's not because I'm psychically tuning into <laughs> something that, you know, it's, you know, like it's because I'm trying to be a kind person and say, you know, um, you're not telling them that their plane's going to crash or anything right, when they say I, safe I'm travels. I'm not anything. I'm just being nice. I hope. <laughs> but, um, but the other thing is too, when I am connecting to those in spirit, people think it's like I connect in and, um, get every bit of information that that person in spirit ever knew, um, you know, any, and everything about them. It's like an immediate download comes from them. And it's not like that at all. It's, I kind of say it's almost like meeting somebody at a party for the first time. And they're going to tell me a little bit about themselves and then I'm going to pass that on to you, but I'll only know what they share with themselves. I'm not going to know more than that. Um, so, so I think that's confusing for people about how do I get the information and what information am I getting? You know, some people want to be very demanding and be like, well, what about this? Tell me this, tell me that. And I'm like, I don't know that unless your loved one in spirit shares it with me. Yeah. That's a really good point. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. And uh, when you, when they, when the spirit talks to you, do is it a feeling? Do you actually hear words? Is it something that you hear in your mind? How does that work? That's a really good question because I use all my different senses. So some are going to use all those senses. Some are going to use only a few of them. But um, when I hear them, sometimes I I can literally hear their voice, but it's inside my head. It's not like I'm hearing them out on the outside. Once in a while that'll happen, but more often than not, it's like I'm hearing them in my head. And um, sometimes it's just us sharing thoughts. Like, People will notice if they come for a reading, I'm not talking out loud. Sometimes I do to them. And then they're like, you know, my client will be like, what'd you say? I'm like, oh, I'm not talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) There's someone here. (laughs) But but for the most part, it's just we're sharing thoughts with each other. Um, A lot of times, like I said, I can feel in my body what they might have felt. I can also feel their love, which is beautiful. The love that they want to give to their love, you know, to their loved one who's sitting here in front of me in the physical world. Uh, That's pretty cool to feel the person in spirit's emotions that they want to give to Mm. their loved one. Um, And sometimes I see them, sometimes I don't. You know, that's another misconception that if you're a medium, that means you 
always see them. And that's not true either. And that's why I've developed all my other senses so that the spirit isn't like, oh, I can only use this one sense. And if it's not working right now, then I have no way to connect with her. They have many ways that they can speak through me, whether it's speaking, making me feel, helping me know, uh, letting me hear, sometimes smell. Where like I'll smell, you know, and I'll say, oh, I know that when you're, you know, when you smell this certain perfume, that's your grandmother that's coming through or something like that, you know? Right. Yeah, I've, I definitely, there were a few times in this show where a s- strong smell would come all of a sudden and no one was wearing perfume or anything. And I'm like, oh, I think someone, someone else might be here. <laughs> someone yeah. might have joined the party. Yeah. <laughs> well, Carol, yeah. you have been awesome, just like you were the first time I met you. I remember just saying, hey, you got to come on my podcast. So I appreciate you saying yes. And I love that people can now know the different parts of what it takes to be a medium and kind of those misconceptions, too, about it. Not everything is evil. It's not a scary thing. And, and, um, I think what you do is really cool. So thanks for sharing it with us. Thanks for bringing me on. I really appreciate it. All right. If you miss anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways about mediums. Number one, All mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. What Carol means by this is psychics read energy while mediums connect people with the spirit realm. Number two, Carol doesn't believe that any spirit is evil. They just want you to pay attention to them and their presence. She actually likened it to these spirits being children. They keep tapping you. That might come in the form of something falling over, maybe a door slamming, a curtain moving. So those are ways that the spirits are just saying, hi, I'm here. Please pay attention to me. And number three, contrary to popular belief, Carol doesn't go around just seeing dead people all day long. She can turn her gift on and off, which she actually believes is imperative for all mediums because there is this moral code that you want to make sure the person who you're reading or is you know, being communicated with from the other side actually consents to that message. So Carol is a good one and I appreciate her coming on this podcast and I also appreciate you listening to this podcast on Mediums. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com and don't forget to subscribe to this one on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and don't forget to leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.